Welcome to Faith and Family, a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. And now from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood, and welcome to Faith and Family. Thank you for joining us today, this special episode 171 of Faith and Family. Many of you have, I'm sure, heard of the devastation in Houston, Texas by Hurricane Harvey, and now we're told one of the strongest hurricanes ever to arise in the Atlantic and hit the continental U.S., Hurricane Irma is on the way, a Category 5 hurricane. In this broadcast, I'm going to try to share some information for those who are immediately impacted by these two hurricanes. And perhaps just as important, I want to share some information on how you, our listeners, can be of assistance to those in other parts of the country. You may live several states away from uh, relatives, uh, extended family members, friends who are impacted by these hurricanes. Just a little bit, uh, I'm gonna be sharing from my experience of hurricanes. Um, I've lived in Florida majority of my life, and so a lot of hurricanes rolled through, but nothing compared to Hurricane Charlie on August 13th, the year 2004. This was a Category 4 hurricane, and by the time the eye of the hurricane got to our home, it was rolling at about 145 mile per hour winds. I think it was around 437 it hit us because I know that because our sliding glass door blew out into about 3,000 pieces of glass and bedding and walls, TV, and fortunately, none of my family, and the clock stopped at that point. Um, there was $15 billion in damage from Hurricane Charlie. And I'm going to try to share with you the phases you go through during and after a hurricane. And I emphasize plural phases because most of us, by watching television after a tragic hurricane hit, our hearts go out to the people who have been impacted so dramatically, but once the cameras move away, the recovery is still very much ongoing for a considerable period of time. And those sometimes are the forgotten needs of these people when it's really critical. When Hurricane Charlie hit us on August 13th, just to give you a little kind of um, picture of what went on, uh, my wife, Karen, was uh, in a hallway, tried to find the safest place in our house, putting a mattress over the heads of Karen and our younger children as they are praying the rosary as the very eye of the hurricane went over our home. It was blowing 145 miles an hour, which I've never been in that type of wind before, and it's very serious. And then it got calm, absolutely 100% calm, and the sun came out said to my kids, if you ever want to see an eye of a hurricane, now's your chance. We went outside. It was a perfectly sunny, dry day because we were in the eye of the hurricane. And then a little breeze started from the opposite direction. I said, it's time to go back in. We have another 25 minutes or so of the devastating winds. And it took at least a year, a little over a year, to recover from the damage 
of that eye going over our home. And I need to mention that even though it took us a year, there were some homes in our community that had not started the restoration process after a year had gone on. One of the reasons is that three weeks later, Hurricane Francis came through, and then after that, Hurricane Ivan came through. So we had three back-to-back hurricanes that summer. You know, folks uh, have a storm and they complain, we didn't have power for three days. Well, we didn't have power from August 13th until the first week of November. We did have power for one day before another hurricane came along and knocked a pole down again, and, and thus we were without power for two and a half months. You heard me right, two and a half months. Uh, our office had no internet. We had to work off of a, one of those little USB uh, kind of internet devices to have an internet connection both from our home and the Family Life Center. Uh, Marine One carrying President George Bush went right past our backyard on a way to a nearby grocery store where he and his brother, um, Governor Bush, both handed out water and ice to people hit by the hurricane. Now, we've got Hurricane Irma coming, and what can I say? There's the pre phase one recovery, the pre-phase is like, what do you do before the hurricane hits? Obviously, the most important thing is to preserve life. And that means at times to evacuate. We didn't think Hurricane Charlie was going to hit us. It was forecasted to go up to Tampa area. And in fact, I can remember praying for my friends up in the Tampa Bay area, you know, hoping that they'd survive the hurricane all right. And just at the last minute, it took a 45 degree turn into Charlotte Harbor and intensified from, I think it was either a category two and it went right up to category four in 45 minutes. And everything's knocked out. Power, water, schools, hospitals, uh, traffic lights. For weeks, we had to drive over, you know, live power lines, um, foods, uh, stores knocked out. There was no electricity. Uh, it, it's schools gone, fire stations gone. It's very hard to imagine what it's like. And the recovery phase of this, uh, for instance, we had, as I mentioned, a sliding glass door blowout. Some uh, windows and bedrooms just blew out. And I contacted our, our window uh, company, who I had done business with before the hurricane, and I asked them when did they think they could get out and fix my windows. I was told that they could be out in five years. There is no um, static there over your radio if you're listening. Five years. Of course, cars left and right were damaged, and it took weeks weeks to get an appointment to get an estimate. Uh, there was no telling how long it would take to even get it repaired. We didn't get our vehicles repaired. Uh, I think it was about two years later until we had actually moved to Greenville. It was, it was almost impossible. Uh, things like blue tarps, roofing nails. You go to Home Depot, the stuff that you always count on being there, guess what? The shelves are empty just like the water disappears before a hurricane, the stuff you need afterwards also disappears. So in any case, with uh, Hurricane Irma coming, 
It's now a Category 5++. It's winds of 185 miles an hour and maybe clocking over 200 in gusts. Uh, Personally, I have no conception of what that would do. I mean, we had uh, windows blow out. If you can imagine like a higher class neighborhood that maybe zoning requires ceramic tiles on the roof uh, rather than shingles. And uh, this wasn't our neighborhood, but uh, can you imagine tiles going through your neighborhood at 120 miles an hour or a two by four flying through the air over 100 miles an hour go right through a wall? 185 miles an hour for Irma, the strongest Atlantic hurricane. They say it's now about the size of France and it's headed for Florida. Um, You just can't wait to evacuate because we tried to evacuate. You know, I can't even remember now because I was kind of in shock. It was either the second or the third hurricane that hit us after Charlie, and we tried to evacuate to Tallahassee. We got on the interstate, and um, it it traveled at about five miles per hour. We were there most of the night, Uh, very slow going. We eventually stopped to feed everybody some food. And, you know, the fast food restaurants off the interstate, the um, restaurants were out of food or out of buns for their hamburgers or out of French fries. The restrooms were filthy, overflowing with everything. Um, It was an absolute nightmare. So if you have the ability to evacuate pre-hurricane, I would certainly urge you to do so. Now, what do you do? by way of recovery. And I'm thinking of the good folks in Houston who have been hit by Harvey. And I'm also thinking of my friends in Florida with Hurricane Irma on the way. What do you do? Well, there's an initial stage uh, after the hurricane, I'll call it phase one recovery. You're basically numb. You know, you're used to seeing things on TV like CNN and Fox News or whatever with these tragedies occur and you feel sorry for people, but you're kind of shocked that those things you used to see on TV actually happen before your very eyes. And it's very difficult to conceive of your community services gone, hospital, sanitation, water, electricity, fire protection, phone service, all gone. Um, what, what do you do? Well, you know, you've got to get food and emergency water to the victims. Um, in Houston, of course, it was getting the victims out of the high waters where the mayor advised people not to evacuate. I wouldn't want to be that mayor running for re-election because that was a disastrous mistake. But there's a lot of attention afterwards. As I mentioned, we had the President of the United States flew right past our backyard. We had CNN cameras uh, everywhere in our community. Our local parish had so many items trucked in from other parishes, from Catholic charities, that they had a hard time distributing everything. And so that is generally taken care of perhaps by the government assistance. And there are nonprofit religious organizations and other organizations who get the water and the emergency food to people, uh, ice, uh, immediately afterwards, okay? But after that, things can can change because you do need to do some things. Now, uh, just to back up a bit, you know, insur- homeowner's insurance will not help with 
flooding waters like what happened in Houston. Other forms of hurricane damage it will cover, but not rising water. And a Category 5 storm surge like Irma is now a Category 5. Uh, in Katrina, the storm surge was 27 feet. Even a dozen feet can wreak havoc on anyone near uh, bodies of water. So you have to have flood insurance in addition to homeowner's insurance. But let's just say you do have insurance and you want your insurance company uh, to begin the process of knowing you, you know, making connection with you that you have a need and such. Remember, your local <laughs> insurance agency has no phone or electricity. You don't have phone. Remember, all the cell towers are blown down. Uh, I will say, I think it was Verizon had an emergency generator and a portable tower, so calls could be made. So what do you do? I would suggest getting a piece of plywood, putting it out in front of your home, and put your insurance company's name, like Hartford, State Farm, whatever, and then your cell phone number. And that way, your insurance company will know that you have a need. You may even want to put your policy number. Just be aware that there will be scavengers. After a disaster like this, sharks appear from out of state with very shoddy uh, building and service quality and try to rip off people getting deposits from them and then never showing up and everything else. So you have to be very careful. But put a sign out front your phone number, your cell number, if it's working, because you may not be able to live in your home. If it has mold, it still has water or whatever else, or if it's just simply not safe because of certain damage, then you want to put that sign out front with your cell phone number. The other thing you want, and everyone listening should be aware of this in case a tragedy hits you, there's a thing in your homeowner's insurance called the face page, and that's what... Uh, Anybody who's going to be involved in repairing your home, that's what they're going to want to see. And that face page will determine the quality of insurance you have following a disaster. For instance, um, is your insurance company simply going to replace whatever has been damaged, less depreciation, or if they're going to replace everything new and not give you basically a replacement cost. You have to get that first couple of pages of your homeowner's insurance. You might wanna take a picture of it, uh, make a PDF, keep it on your cell phone, keep a hard copy with you, give a copy to a friend because you will need that. All right, now the best practical uh, advice for phase one repairs. There's two things you need to do. One, is that if your roof has been damaged, like ours was, uh, seriously damaged, uh, water is going to continually be coming into the house because there's generally extensive rain bands uh, following a hurricane. And then also, like we were hit in August, and there's a lot of rain in August in Florida. You got to stop the damage from occurring. So you need large blue tarps some thin wooden strips, and then a bucket of roofing nails. There you see small nails with a little plastic, colorful plastic ring around about the size of a quarter. They're worth their weight in gold because they're going to absolutely disappear. So if you're thinking of getting something to someone, 
um, you know, the government's going to be bringing in semi loads full of bottled water. Okay, but not everybody's going to be bringing in large tarps, thin wooden strips, and a bucket of roofing nails because that is going to stop the damage from continuing in a home. And that's something you can get to somebody and you may need to purchase it out of the area and then some way get it to the people. Okay. The second thing you need to do in phase one recovery is that everything, and I mean everything that is wet, has to get out of the house. So um, this is sometimes very tough. If your furniture is soaked, out. If your carpet is soaked, out, along with the mat. If your walls are soaked, listen to me, they've got to come out. You've got to not only get the, the drywall out, but you've got to get the insulation behind the drywall out because that will create mold so fast. I had a contractor very graciously came down with some of his crew and he took a, one quick look at my home and said, Steve, everything is going to have to come out. And this is my home, right? And he said, he said everything, walls, ceilings, the whole bit. And I said, you know, I just can't look, but do whatever needs to be done. His crew went up my attics, just started stomping on the ceiling until the drywall caved. Some of it actually caved before they came, got so wet, it simply crashed to the floor. But all that has to come out. All the insulation has to come out. The walls have to come out, the insulation in the walls. So what would you give somebody uh, in that situation? Well, uh, a sledgehammer or the hammer with a real heavy type of head to it, um, some economical work gloves. I just bought a couple pair last weekend at Walmart. They're very economical, but you're going to need some work gloves because you're going to be dealing with fiberglass insulation. All of that needs to come out of the house just as soon as possible. But like there is still water in homes in Houston, and unless the power is off and you're sure it's safe and everything else, you want to use some great caution about going in a house that the power is still off. Okay, so those are things you have to uh, get the house in a condition so it's no longer water coming in, tarps, roofing nails, thin wooden strips to make sure the tarp you know, doesn't blow away, and then get everything, everything, everything that's wet out of the house or else you're going to have black mold, the like of which, and uh, like the Family Life Center rented a warehouse where they chose not to remove some of the insulation and such. And it turned black and then yellow and orange, and you could have grown every type of penicillin known to mankind in that place. We had to simply evacuate. It was so unhealthy. Now, phase two. Uh, I can't tell you exactly when phase two will occur, but it's generally uh, there's no more presidential visits. Uh, the cameras leave, and yet there's going to be a very long time for recovery. And this is, um, this is when things change. I noticed well, our Walmart came back to life. They brought in some supplies and the electricity was back on. I could tell we reached phase two when I heard not just one or two, but lots of families simply cussing each other out while shopping 
in a reopened Walmart. You see, the shock was wearing off and the stress was just incredible. And this is where some help is greatly needed. Obviously, we had we had our hands full, to say the least. And something that really helped is that uh, my brother and sister-in-law uh, took all of our younger kids. They lived in Orlando, and they always enjoyed getting together with their cousins anyhow. And it was so helpful to us because without refrigeration, I did have refrigeration, but it had to be on a generator, which I had to get up in the middle of the night and pour the gas in and everything else. And you have to worry about the kids and worry about the uh, hurricane recovery, worry about the insurance company and everything else. It just got a bit much. And so my brother and sister-in-law just just took our kids for a few weeks. And this is something that you can do uh, once bus service or plane service or the traffic can get in and out. Just get the kids, take care of them so the adults can do some of the phase two rebuilding and recovery. Now, I'm going to suggest some rather blunt advice, but many families may want to give serious consideration to relocating and not rebuilding. I know in Houston, um, there's folks that have been hit by Harvey who this is like the second and third time their homes have been flooded. And... uh, you know, this is just a tough thing, but do you really want to rebuild in a zone that's prone to flooding? Uh, is your business still viable? For instance, if you're in construction, you'll have more business than you've ever had in your entire life, literally. Um, but many other businesses will be down for a year or so or more. And you want to give thought to relocating because just imagine how long it's going to take you to rebuild and then double it or triple it, and that will probably be a realistic expectation. Uh, As I mentioned, we finished our home uh, rebuilding it, and some homes in our community had not even begun. Uh, I found some ways to move the process forward a little faster, but, you know, you or your parish, and this is kind of like sponsoring an immigrant, your, your parish could sponsor a family to relocate. Uh, you're going to have to probably take in a U-Haul because all the U-Hauls, the U-Haul place will either be destroyed or everybody will have already rented the U-Hauls, but come in with a U-Haul, transport their belongings, what they have left to a new location, and you're going to have to do first and last month's rent and first and last uh, utilities and their deposit and food for at least a month and help the breadwinner winners to find employment. In other words, help them relocate. Some people are going to need this, and the plan isn't perpetual welfare. It's simply a short-term plan to get a family back on its feet um, by relocating. Now, any of the poor who are dependent upon the federal government for assistance before the hurricane are probably going to end up having to depend on the same after the hurricane. FEMA was absolutely no help to us whatsoever. A FEMA armed person came down our street with a list of phone numbers for help we could call. There was no phone service. The numbers that we were to call if we did have phone services weren't in operation, and he had no way to make copies of that. It was, frankly, pathetic. 
Um, but FEMA did eventually make a FEMA city, and it was a big haunting uh, row upon row upon row of mobile homes, uh, same color, no landscaping, at least they're clean, dry, and livable facilities, but um, all kinds of things started going on there that wouldn't be a great place for um, children or teenagers, let me just say that. Uh, the biggest nightmare in the phase two recovery was the insurance companies. Never imagined uh, they came with uh, estimates way below the repair and replacement cost for our home. And if we had listened to them, we would have simply lost our home. Uh, the rent check for a home we had to evacuate for, the rent check finally did arrive after we had already moved back into our home. So if you're depending on your insurance company, sometimes um, they're, they're rotten scoundrels after a major disaster because they're trying to save their solvency. An independent insurance adjuster, I never heard of such a thing, but did battle with our insurance company and got us uh, really back on our feet. It was the greatest practical help we received, and I will be forever grateful for a group called the Insurance Claim Consultants, a uh, good Christian man by the name of Ron Dello. And um, you can find Ron at insuranceclaimconsultants.com or contact a family life center. Ron's right now in Houston, Texas. Um, he did such a marvelous job for us and got us put together uh, in great shape and took my worst nightmare, my most significant nightmare, my greatest challenge after the hurricane, and simply took care of it. And I'm not making any kind of uh, formal legal or financial recommendation. I'm just saying uh, if a family member of mine was in Houston, Texas, I would give him Ron's phone number, and you can contact a family life center for that. Last thing. Um, all my children now are in their 20s or 30s. My youngest son was 10 years old at Har Hurricane uh, Charlie and the recovery. And he worked with me all during the day. And um, just a few years ago, he's now 23, but just a few years ago, I asked, go around the table and ask my kids what was the best time in their childhood growing up. My youngest son says, after the hurricane, because we got to work together all day. Uh, we made breakfast on the Coleman stove, grilled a steak for dinner, uh, went into a pool that wasn't circulating, but that was our shower, and it was just the best time of my life. And so <laughs> it kind of surprised me, but there is rainbows even after horrible hurricanes. If you need any more information, feel free to contact a family life center and ask the host at gmail.com. Faith and Family is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. Visit us online at dads.org to order copies of Faith and Family broadcasts and to learn more about Catholic family life.